0: Welcome to the Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you are encouraged by this message. Thank you, Joanne. Let's get ready to get the word. Who's ready to come to church and hear the word of God? Come on. Who's ready to hear the word of Jesus? Come on. The word of the Lord is clean, endures forever. Amen? The fear of the Lord is clean and endures forever. Uh, I just want to say uh, to those who are newer or those who have been here, I'm so glad to see your faces. I'm so glad that we are a spirit-filled church. You know, there was a, a couple weeks ago, there was someone, uh, a couple of my friends that came, and one of them, after service, they said, Pastor George, I just wanted to let you know that I miss stuff like this. I mean, I, and I said, what do you mean stuff like this? Right? She said, and it's stuff that we take for granted as a church because we we want the flow of the spirit she says the fact that worship could go for an hour sometimes just little simple stuff i'm like really she goes yeah the fact that you have altar calls i'm like you know what I, i'm never going to apologize for the gifts of the spirit on a sunday morning amen i know that sometimes it takes a little longer but you know what the, the, you know what the lord told me he spoke to me he says don't a don't change to try to grow the church. He says, I'm drawing people that want this expression and are tired. Amen? Are tired of cookie-cutter ministry and want the full gospel on Sundays. So if you're here, it's because you know that this is a spiritual church, Right? Uh, I'm not going to uh, uh, um, abuse that time and let you out, get you out of here too, but we do want to make sure that we are all flowing and allowing the Holy Spirit, because Jesus is the captain of this, of, of this ministry, amen? Well, I've received a lot of text messages and emails about the last couple of messages that I've preached, and I wasn't uh, thinking of doing a series but because so many have said, please consider doing a series on this because it's changing my life. I've received some private text messages. Uh, and really, it could have started two weeks ago because I started a message two weeks ago that I didn't think was a series. And it was uh, called, Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. That no matter how, time, how many times uh, Peter and the fishermen tried, they told on all night, Jesus had the audacity to say, Launch out into the deep. And we used, as charismatics, we use these, these scriptures sometimes, and we don't read the whole context, and we always uh, use that launching out, uh, launching out scripture as we're going to the next level. Launch out, we're, going, we're launching out into the deep. But let me tell you, to the fishermen, that was not an exciting news. Jesus was basically telling the disciples, do again what you're professional at doing at, and didn't get results and do it one more time. That was not a joyful thing for the disciples. It was saying, uh, it, it, he was talking to professional fishermen. Uh, and, and, he, and there was a whole story behind that. Last week, I talked about Naomi when she left Bethlehem and went to Moab. And as soon as she left Bethlehem and went to Moab, all these bad things started happening to her. She came back after 10 years, and this is just a recap of the last couple of weeks. And after 10 years, lost her husband, lost her two sons, And just remained with her daughter-in-law, which was Orpah. I always want to say Oprah, but it's Orpah. And and Ruth, right? Ruth stayed with her. When she came back to Bethlehem, this is just a recap. They said, is that Naomi? Look at Naomi. Could that be Naomi? And she said, don't call me Naomi. Watch this. Call me bitter. Call me miserable. For the Lord Almighty had made me miserable. Little do I know how prophetic that would be in healing and also on the other side of things uh, this week. So I want to continue on the theme of s- remaining obedient, watch this, when God doesn't make sense. Help me somebody. Remaining obedient when God doesn't make sense. A little, a little disclaimer, God doesn't have to explain anything to anybody. All right. but in our world, in our attempt to walk with Jesus, there are certain things that happen in our life that, when we look at Scripture and we look back at God, and then we examine our life and we think and we say, "Well, you know, my life is pretty much following the Lord." This does not make sense. How many have been or are currently in this boat right now? When it when something in your life is happening, a, a hurt, a deep hurtful situation, a a. A situation doesn't seem like it's ending. And you are applying all the biblical principles you know. You're pulling from the filing cabinet of like Bible college. You're going going back into when you first got saved. And you're using all these things to try to grab that are all biblical. And God is still not making sense. And sometimes things in the natural are getting worse. How many can relate to what I'm saying? Have you ever been walking with God... When God doesn't make sense. How about when you're believing for something and you had like three confirmations that you're going to get it and the door closes. Either that was a false prophecy or God is trying to teach us a lesson that in the misunderstanding season, watch this, he still can be trusted. I see many of the precious faces here that I know many of you by name. Uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing for a pastor to know almost everybody. So uh, anyways, uh, uh, I see in my spirit, different seasons that you guys are in. And I could, I could almost say that many of you, you stood believing, and God is not making sense in this season of your life. Can I hear an amen? And so today, I'm going to talk about the other side of what, what happens, how to remain obedient when God is not making sense, from the story of the Syrophoenician woman who was from Tyre and Sidon, and I want to break down this story because, guys, I've I read the Bible through and through for many times, many years. This story, other than uh, some, 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 some biblical um, uh, principles in Daniel and all these things that some people say is very hard to decipher, this is one of the most misunderstood scriptures. What I'm about to share with you, misunderstood story. Why? Hear me. Draw closely now. Because it seems like it paints Jesus as an irrational, rude insensitive God have you ever gone through something that paints God as being impatient unanswering and and uh insensitive to you okay maybe you're perfect and maybe you've never thought that about God maybe you've got every answered prayer every single time you pray maybe there's trees uh, money coming off your off your tree and and you have no problems but for the rest of us There's times where God is not making sense. Now, I want you to look at this, and I want it to apply to your business. I want you to apply to your ministry. I want you to apply to your family. I want you to apply to your personal walk with God. And it's Matthew chapter 15, verse 21, and it's going to be on the screen in the New King James. This is a popular portion of Scripture. I actually preached it one time a couple years ago at RCC, but I have just a couple of new revelations on that based on the series that I'm tying this into. Here it goes. Are you there? Say amen. Then Jesus, get your Bibles out, get your smartphone, get whatever you're using, all right? Just try to stay off social media because you don't want to go to church and waste your whole time on social media. Come on, say amen. Amen. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan, man, right there, that's a a, a triple strike right there. Tyre and Sidon, woman of Canaan, all right? Came from that region and cried out to Jesus. Now, now I want you to hear this story slowly, not for the 500th time that you read it, I want you to view it as if you were this person doing the biblical thing, coming to Jesus. That's what we say, don't we? When you have a problem, give it to Jesus. Run to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Well, this woman is doing that. She's not running to the devil. She's not running to even pastors. She's not running to teachers. She's running to Jesus because she's desperate. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? I said, isn't that what we're supposed to do? So she's running to Jesus, cried out to him, saying, have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed, but he answered her not a word. I want you to digest this for just a second because we read over scriptures and, like, oh, that will never happen. No, no, no. This is a person that was desperate, crying out to Jesus, the right thing to do, because she was desperate because one of her family members was severely, severely bound by demonic spirits. And she's coming to Jesus saying, You're the only one that can help me. And Jesus didn't answer her on purpose. I want you to hear this. It wasn't like Jesus was deaf. It didn't say that he didn't hear her. It says he didn't say a word to her. Oh, you're not hearing me. Never once did that scripture say he didn't hear her. He just said he answered her, not a word. He acknowledged what she was saying, didn't get a response. Woo. What do you do when you cry out and you're in a silent season where God is not speaking back? Watch this, this is, it, it, there's layers to this, to this type of where are you God, God doesn't make sense story, there's layers. So here's, that's the first little foreshadow layer because I'm going to break all that down in, in a second. And his disciples, so Jesus didn't say anything, so now the church or the disciples, the disciples are represented the church. The disciples said, uh, his disciples came and urged, urged Jesus Saying, send her away, for she cries out after us. Do you think God is making sense in the natural right now? In the natural, the whole system that we are looking for, that we just run to Jesus and your problems will be solved. She's running to Jesus. I'm saying this for a reason because some of you have done all this and you're getting the silent treatment, but I'm going to tell you that it's not. It, 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 it's, there's a purpose for that, Okay. The disciples came to him saying, send her away, for she cries out to us. But he answered and said, watch this, third layer, Jesus answered now, when he finally did answer. I mean, think about this. When you're finally getting an answer after a season of silence, you would think, okay, it's been about a year of silence. I've been testing your faith. Great job, my good and faithful servant. You've done well. He answers and said, I was not sent except to the lost house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him. Oh, my God, that's a foreshadow to some of you. It, when God doesn't make sense, <laughs> when God doesn't make sense, she didn't, she didn't rationalize how she was being treated. I'm getting ahead of myself. But she worshiped him in the midst of all this misunderstanding and saying, Lord, help me. Lord, help me. But he answered and said, fourth layer, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. My goodness, if that was me saying that to you, I would have an empty church. Pastor George has the audacity to not even respond to me, and he's having every of his leaders not respond to me. I'm a nuisance to them, and he's not even for me, and then he's calling me a dog. I'm out of here. I'm never going back to this church again. But you don't see this woman who was not an Israelite. She had more revelation about remaining faithful than many Christians I know. It is not, Jesus said, Jesus, 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 not not a a rude leader, not some rude uh, uh, TV evangelist. Jesus said it's not right. Oh, my God, I feel the presence of God. It's not right for me to give the children's bread to the little dogs. Well, Brother George, it doesn't say little dogs. It says little dogs, I'm gonna explain that in, 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 in just a minute, what I feel he meant by that. It's not the American version, like, get out, get out of here, dog. <laughs> like, what up, dog? It's not, that's how we Americanize things, right? I'm gonna tell you what I think based on research, what Jesus was really meaning when he said that, okay? Then watch this. After this fourth layer of God not making sense, right? Feeling the constant rejection from God himself, the disciples, She said, yes, Lord, but even the little dogs eat from the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Then Jesus answered her and said, oh, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you according to what you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very hour. Someone say amen. Someone say amen. This is one of the most misunderstood scriptures in all the Bible, in my, uh, uh, in my estimation, not from a, um, not from a uh, teaching more standpoint, but from a, a nature of God standpoint, this almost defies what we know as the nature of God being good. It almost defies what we're trying to say that God answers. It almost, almost, now watch this. I'm, I'm talking about when God doesn't make sense, right? It almost seems to contradict Scripture itself. It doesn't, but it almost seems like because God says in Jeremiah, call unto me and I will show you great and mighty things that you do not know. Well, this woman is calling on to her. And, and not only that, Jesus, Jesus was, came, came to seek and save the lost. She was a lost person. All the people that Jesus uh, dealt with harshly was the hypocritical Pharisees, the religious people. But this wasn't a, a Pharisee. So this does not make sense. This is not making sense. And so we, you've got to realize that in this room... You're either one of two of these women. You are either, and I feel this very strongly, you are either the woman that is crying out, or a person, sorry, that is crying out in desperation for something for Jesus to take care of in your own life. You're either the person that are running to Jesus and are saying, I am desperate. There's something in my life that I finally need God to help me. I'm depressed. I'm miserable. I'm lonely. I'm hurting. God, if you don't come through, I'm going to quit. Or you're the person who is desperately standing in the gap praying for someone that needs a breakthrough. This 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 woman was. She's coming to Jesus not so much for her own self, but for her own daughter that was severely demon-possessed. And you have to realize this because it's important to know that sometimes when you ask for something, you and I will have silent seasons from God. What do you do when God doesn't make sense when he's not speaking back to you and his promises say that he can? What do you do when the rejection that you feel is not only seemingly coming from God but also coming from the church? Hello? That causes many people to backslide because they don't understand God's ways. And so when God is silent in their life, they misinterpret the silence as doubt that God even cares for them anymore. Have you ever been so season, in a season where you're crying out, crying out, asking God for confirmations? Lord, anything, anything, a bird, a red bird, a yellow bird, a, a, a cuckoo bird, or whatever whatever it is, give, give me a sign. And cricket, 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 nothing, right? Do you know that it's during those times when our roots and our faith really is tested the most? Now, I, I, why? Because, because, everything sometimes that you're praying for begins to, to, to not happen. And obstacles are presented in all of our lives, watch this, to bring great discouragement for you to give up the fight in what you're currently believing for. Hear me. Silence, rejection from the church, and all these things that you're suppo- that's supposed to not happen. Hello? We're not supposed to be rejected by God. We're not supposed to be rejected by people. But let me tell you, I'm getting ahead of myself. But Christians are some some of the worst people that have caused the worst pain to some other people in their lives. you right? But it's not supposed to be that way. The church is supposed to be a healing balm to one another and, and a healing balm to the world. But yet there's people that have been hurt more because of the church than because of worldly reasons sometimes. Don't let me preach good this morning. So... I wanna say this because some of you are in a season that you are in a silent season where God is not talking back to you and you're thinking, did I, did I anger God? Did I do something to deserve him not speaking? Am I that bad? I remember when I was going, when I'm still going through this nerve, nerve condition, there were time I cry out, get nothing, and then after several months, several weeks, even several years of crying out to God, getting nothing, there was this thought that I, I said and I had to quickly rebuke, because sometimes you have to hear what's coming out your mouth and realize, oh my goodness, because your pain will convince you that what's coming out your mouth is okay. That's how bad it is. That's how bad it is. And I remember saying, what? I must have done something really bad. That's what came out of my mouth. I must, I must, I must be the, the dirt of the earth to the Lord, right? And I'm not, I know I'm not. But that is what comes out of people's mouth when you're doing all the right things. You know, when, when you've done the formula and you know the code and you put the code in and it still doesn't work? You have the safe and you, and you have the numbers to, the, to unlock that safe and you put those numbers every single time and you turn it to the right, turn it to the left, turn it to the right, and you did it a hundred times and it still doesn't open. You're going to eventually think something is wrong with me. Sometimes there can be, but most of the times, especially in this case, listen to me, in this case, this Syrophoenician woman was doing all the right things. Now, I'm going to give you this first point. I could feel the Holy Spirit already because some of you you guys are praying for something and you're getting silenced. There are three major realities that the Syrophoenician woman had to face. Look at the screen. That seemed as if God wasn't making sense. I'm going to read that again because it got quiet up in this spirit-filled church. There are three major realities that the Syrophoenician woman had to face that seemed as if God wasn't making sense. And the first one we talked about, and that's the silence of God. The silence of God. Jesus was silent when this woman cried out to her. But what I find out that whether we know it or not, there is a reason for the silence. I don't fully understand the reason. I'm going to be honest with you. But I know that there is a reason and a purpose for the silence. I'm going to give you what I feel in a couple of minutes. Why I feel a couple of biblical reasons why God is silent when you don't want him to be silent. Do you want that? Do you want that? I want to give you, and again, I didn't get it in the book, so there's probably more reasons, but I want to identify in a couple of seconds here two main, I think, reasons why God is silent. Guys, let's un- 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 take the mask off. Isn't it frustrating when God is silent? Come on, let's, just, let's, just, let's, be, let's be human. Let's take the, the, the mask off of our spiritual walk. It is super frustrating when God is not speaking back to you. And when I say God is not speaking back to you, I'm not referring to, oh, George, come here to my mountain so I could bequeath something to you, and, and, and therefore my omnipotence shall reveal myself. No, no, no. I'm not talking about audible voice of God. If that happens, that's super rare, right? But I'm talking about you're not getting any confirmations. You're searching the word, and it's dry. You're trying to look for something to, 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 to speak back into what you're going through, and you're not getting anything right? Okay. There was a purpose for his silence. When you don't see a lot of activity of the Spirit in your life, sometimes there's a deeper purpose that I feel I'm going to reveal. But before I do that, look at this slide. The Lord's silence to this woman in the story did not mean he wasn't listening. Oh, I want to encourage you with that. I want to encourage you with that. Just because some of you are praying and you're asking God, you're running to God, and you are saying, God, I, I want to hear your voice. Now I just want to pause and say, some people want to just hear God's voice just to be spiritual. Like, I want to I wanna know that God speaks to me. That's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong that, that I, you just want to hear God's voice because you've never heard God's voice, right? But some of you, or the majority of, of you, that are experiencing the silence of God is because you're actually doing all the right things, right? Can I hear an amen? And you're seeing no, very little activity, all right? Just because this woman in the story did not, uh, sorry, the Lord's silence to this woman in the story did not mean he wasn't listening. If you don't hear anything today, know that the lack of your ability to hear God's response does not determine his ability to hear. I'm going to say that again, your lack of ability to hear God's voice respond to you when times that you need it does not mean or equal God's ability to hear. Because true faith and maturity is formed when we can still watch this, serve God when we don't see him and when we don't hear him. I'm going to say that real loud and clear for the people in the back. True faith and maturity is formed when you can still serve God when you don't see him or hear him, especially in the season of silence. And that's exactly what he told Thomas because Tom, everyone everyone has all these theories. Well, he wasn't really doubting Thomas. He was doubting Thomas. Okay, I get that point. But several times in the scripture, Jesus rebuked Thomas for his doubt, for not believing, right? But look at this. Look, look at this. This, this, this. this is key. This is key. All right? So... It's actually a precursor to what I'm going to say. Actually, you know what? Before you you put that scripture, I feel led to to this. Why are some reasons that God is silent? Here, Here it is. Here are some reasons God is silent. Would you like to know? All right. Number one, to teach us to walk by faith, not by sight, sound, or feeling. The reason sometimes God is silent on purpose is to teach us to walk by faith, not by sight, sound, or feelings. If you base your walk with God on feelings, newsflash, you will be greatly disappointed every single day. You cannot base the promises of God, your obedience to the Lord, based on how you feel that day. Come on, somebody. You can't, I know that sounds insensitive, but you can't. The, the reason why God is silent sometimes, because sometimes many of us are dependent on feelings for us to serve God. Many of us are dependent on the presence, the feeling. I don't feel the presence of God anymore, so I'm not going to serve Him. I used to feel the presence of God. It's easy to serve God when you wake up and you say Jesus, and you feel the glory cloud all over you. When you have angels singing over you, and you hear angels in your room, oh, they're singing, and the light is hitting your Bible right in the scripture that you wanted confirmation. So easy to serve God that way. But God is silent because he's trying to teach us to walk by faith, not by sight. You will be very offended at God if you only walk by by sight right now now when jesus was di- died and he resurrected he still hasn't ascended what did he say to thomas right look at thomas guys thomas was somebody that he knew jesus time and time again said i have to die and on the third day i got to rose again just because watch this i'm gonna prove something just because you have jesus himself speaking truth to you doesn't mean that you believe it during the silent seasons In other words, you could have an angel of the Lord say, hey, listen, in three days, this is going to happen. This is going to happen, and this is going to happen in your life. But don't worry. It's just a test. You're going to make it through. When that time comes, we have amnesia. We start getting amnesia, and yet an angel visited our room. But but watch this. Jesus constantly told his disciples, Thomas was one of his disciples. Now watch this. Look, 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 watch this. look at what the Bible says in John chapter 20, verse 24. This is good stuff. Watch this. It's going to be on your screen, the new King James. Are you ready? Now called Thomas called the twin, one of the 12, was not with them when Jesus came. This is after he resurrected, okay? Those of you who are trying to, uh, to live your life and saying, well, God has not showed me anything, so that's why I'm not... I'm not serving him. You know how many times I've received that? PG, I've asked God. God has not revealed himself to me, so that's why I'm not serving him. So the other disciple therefore said to him, it's funny, John is talking about himself there. We have seen the Lord. So he said to them, watch this, watch this, this, this mighty, this is where I'm gonna defute the, 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 the position that, that Thomas didn't really doubt, okay? Thomas said this, unless I see his hands, And the print of his nails and put my finger into the print of the nails let's read this slowly and put my hand to his side i will not believe you could call you could twist it however you want you could spiritualize this story all you want he said i will not believe i refuse to believe unless i physically touch him physically see his wounds And physically see for myself. All you guys are saying this stuff. I don't truly, I don't know if that's true. Yes, there's a theory that says he was just very wounded and hurt because he loved them so much. Absolutely. But you could love someone very much and still doubt at the same time. So watch this. And after eight days, I love I love the scriptures here because it's like everyone knew that that like like Thomas was a disciple, just like everyone knew that Peter was a disciple. Remember when when Peter uh, messed up and he denied the Lord three times, and then afterwards, when he rose, Jesus said, "See, Jesus is so personal. He will reach. He'll 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 send a message and include your name like this, just like, like hey hey, tell this person that I'm here because that person right now has beef with me and he's or ashamed at me. So remember when Peter came, hey, tell the disciples and Peter that Jesus." Wants to see them. Well, why would, why would them, they say, tell, tell the disciples and Peter? Because Peter was already a disciple. Because Jesus knew that he had to say that because Peter at that time was feeling ashamed to even look at him. Because he denied him. Yeah. So he, he, he felt, I'm not even worthy of it. So watch this. Same similar story. Here comes, here comes and after eight days, his disciples were alongside, and Thomas was with them. <laughs> See, so his disciples you don't have to say that but he's saying thomas was there in other words get ready something's about to happen with thomas okay look at this thomas was with them jesus came to the doors being shut and stood in the midst of them saying peace to you then he said watch this i noticed something about the story there was no prior conversation between thomas and jesus yet jesus comes in through the door says peace to you hey thomas and he addresses thomas Watch this. He didn't have this, hey, Thomas, you know, come on, man. Why, why, why are you not believing right now? Come on, hey, I want to show up through the door tomorrow. And when I show up through the door tomorrow, we got this. Right? Just come on, stop that foolishness. No, there, there was now. Jesus already knew what Thomas was thinking because, listen, in the silent season, doubt will operate in your life. Mark that down. During the silent season, if you don't deal with that misunderstanding about God's nature, you will begin to doubt God's goodness in your life. Now watch this. The doors were shut, and he stood in there, and he said, peace to you, and, and he said to Thomas, reach your finger here, and look at my hands, and reach your hand here, and put it into my side. Do not be, what? Come on, church. Do not be what? Unbelieving, but believe. He's saying that to Thomas. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, my Lord and my God. Jesus said to him. Now, I want you to zoom close because there's a special blessing in every believer that does this when we don't see God or hear God in our life. There's, what's that special blessing? Is there a special blessing? Right, is there a blessed state? Watch this. Watch this. The Lord said, he said, Jesus said to him, Thomas. Because you have seen me. You have believed. Let's all read this together. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. Blessed are those who don't hear, yet believe. Blessed are those who don't see the activity, and yet believe. What Jesus was saying is there's going to be seasons that it appears that I'm insensitive and that I'm not good because I'm not talking back to you. But blessed are those who walk by faith and believe that I'm still good when they don't hear my voice. We sometimes think God is this big chatterbox who's talking all the time like this, and, and sometimes we're not plugged in, and, and we get plugged in and hear half of the conversation of the like he's talking all the time and all the time he's talking Lewis and then every time, and then sometimes we get into prayer and we catch the and like, like, like you get plugged in, in prayer and you, oh wait, he was ta- he's been talking this whole time, wait, wait, what are you saying? Sometimes. The purpose that God doesn't speak is to reveal our heart to see if we will stay obedient or not. And I want to say something. that I feel this from the Lord. It's not in my notes. God not speaking does not mean he didn't answer your prayer. Or God not doing something doesn't mean he didn't answer your prayer. You're praying for someone to get healed, and they don't get healed you say, God never answered my prayer. He never listened. Well, maybe he, she, he, she or he got healed from the pain and now is with the Lord. Right? Do not be unbelieving, but believe. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have, what? Believed. So watch this. The first reason that we, that God is silent is to teach us to walk by faith, not by sight, sound, or feeling. Can someone say, Amen. Can someone say amen? This is why, church, we need to get into the Word of God like never before. We need to get into the Word. Why? Why? This is what I'm going to give you personal testimony is. Because if you're not daily in the Word of God, during season of silence, you have nothing to draw from. You have nothing to draw from if you're not in the Word. So some of you, you've stopped reading the Word, and now you have a silent season, and you have nothing to draw from or pull from to get a victory or get a Word. You've got to be in the Word because during the silent seasons, you pull up that Scripture. God has not left me nor forsake me. He will never leave me. God is my refuge and my strength, a very present help in time of trouble. You start quoting scriptures in your silent season, but watch this, you can't, Pull or draw from stuff that you don't have in your deposit, in your bank, in your spiritual deposit. What's the reason why you deposit in your savings? There's some people that I talk to, they have lots of savings. Why? Because they sacrifice. And they said, you know what? I have a little bit of extra money. Every single week I'm going to put things away. And now they have thousands of their savings. What is the purpose for you to put money in your savings for one day to withdraw it? Because there's no reason for you to put money in the savings to one day you're either going to use it for retirement or buy a new house, but one day you're going to need it. Oh, my God. One day you're going to need to pull the word out that you have not read, and you can't just go by experience. You can't pull out an experience. You've got to pull out the word of the Lord. <laughs> True maturity, when you're going through the silent season, is how much of the word do you know? Let me just say this. During your silent season, it will reveal how much of the word you know. Or or put it this way how much of the word you have inside of you. Staying obedient during your silent treatment from God will strengthen that trust that you have in the Lord. But you must stay in the word. Not only does the Bible say in the last day many will be offended, but it says the very elect will be deceived. So, how do you combat deception? Through the word. Knowing the word, come on, knowing the word, that he's a good God, because the deception is, I don't hear him, so must, he must be a bad guy. That was, must be the normal thing that the Syrophoenician woman must have said. The Syrophoenician woman said this, hey, he must be, uh, 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 he must be a bad guy, but she never said that. She's coming to him. Guys, you see that? She's coming to him over and over again. Now watch this. The, 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 here's the second reason. Uh, sorry, sorry. The, the second reason for the silence of God. Ready? Real quick. The Lord wants to be pursued without any strings attached to your relationship with him. Come on, say amen. The second reason God is silent is because he wants to be pursued without any strings attached to him. Guys, it's just like us and our relationships. We want to be pursued by our friends, our loved ones, our significant others, people that love us, not because we give them something every time, because they truly want to be in our presence. They truly enjoy you. If you're only friends with someone because they hook you up all the time, then that's not really a friend. God wants to be pursued without you saying, I'm only going to pursue you if you give me this and give me that and give me that. And we've prostituted God because we think that we can say, that we can say, I want you to make me feel good, and the moment you stop making me feel good, I'll stop serving you. But guess what? God wants to be pursued as a lover without him attaching any blessing to you whatsoever. I used to say this to the Lord, if you never if I never feel another ounce of the presence of God in my life, if I never feel another goosebump, if I never have to say, look my bellows, my hairs are standing up, if I never have to say that is more than enough to praise God for the rest of my life for saving me from an eternity of hell. Hallelujah. God doesn't have to do a thing for me, for me to pursue him. He died on our cross. I love what Enrique said, no excuse to cross, the excuse to cross. You cannot say that. The reason why he is silent sometimes, because he wants to withdraw that feeling mentality, and he wants you to pursue him for once because you really love him and for who he is he wants you to pursue him. Not if you, I'm going to be very transparent. This wasn't in my notes, but we have this. Uh, we have this. Um, uh, uh, what's that mentality? Uh, entitlement mentality as a church. And here's how we come to God. God, do you see how many times I have served you? We come up with a resume list as to convince God. This is why. In other words, what you're really saying is, I'm only coming to you because I'm faithful, and all these now I expect something from you. I said that, Lord, I've been faithful, I've been preaching, I've been hurting, I've been preaching, and I've been hurt, I've been showing up, and I've been offended, I've been hurt, I've been talked about, I've been lied about, and I'm still standing. The least you could do is throw a little healing my way. I'm serious. You think, you know what, we say that. We have this entire mentality that says, I've been serving the Lord for 30 years. I have. And I have served you. And I'm not going back to the world. Why haven't you, why haven't you done this? Now we base our God on if I do this, you'll do this. And if you do that, I'll do this. I have a newsflash. God already did it for you. American Christianity has been all about what have you done for me lately. Bum, 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 bum. Ooh, 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 yeah. Some of you guys don't know what I'm talking about. Some of you young folks don't know what I'm talking about. But, but listen, we've made, Christian, <laughs> we've made Christianity about, what have you done for me lately? Wait, I haven't heard, I, you haven't thrown a blessing my way, God. No, nope, I'm not going to serve you now. Oh, sour Phoenician woman got all these things. And she wasn't even a Christian. Look at this. The Lord wants to be pursued without, can, can, let me pause this. Husband's wives. some of you don't elbow each other because you're right next to each other, so I don't want black and blue. You don't expect anything less from your spouse. Why should we expect anything else from God? Why should we expect God to expect, we, it, you would not like it if your spouse only wants to be with you. We're all adults here, right? We're all adults. Right? I hope we're all adults. How would you feel if the only time your spouse was nice to you was when he wants to get sex or she wants to have sex? What if the only time your spouse was nice to you is every time you allowed them to shop and 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 max out the credit card? Then you then you get then you get nice. (laughs) Then you get nice. (laughs) I I already see elbows going, don't you say anything. How many, of you, how many of you are only nice to your spouse? Let me just revert it. Would you like it? Would you like it if your spouse only, only uh, came to you because you had something to give them? No. Yet we expect obedience to God by God doing something for us. The reason he's silent is because he wants to drain the swamp of that mentality that we have adopted in the American church that says, I will not pursue God unless he does something for me. He hasn't proven anything to me yet. What does he have to prove? God, you don't have anything to prove to our lives. Yet when we were sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. We have this entitlement mentality. You don't know how much I've gone through. If anybody, I could write a book on entitlement mentality. But I'm here. You know why? Because my relationship is not based. I'm going I'm I'm to shock you. My obedience to the Lord and to you, because the Lord called me to you, is not determined if I get healed or not. Did you hear what I said? I know you're praying for me, and I know I want a healing, but I've had to resolve in my spirit. If I never get healed, I will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. I will be a pastor, even in pain. I'll do it. Why? Because my obedience should not be on what have you done for me lately. Proverbs 25, verse 2. It is the glory of God. To conceal the matter, but the glory of kings, you are kings and priests before the Lord, to search them out. It is not God's responsibility for for him to search it. It's your responsibility to search it. When God was not speaking anything to me, and I felt this frustration, and I, and, and, and I felt feeling this thing to launch, but I didn't have the language. For two years, I didn't have the language when I was at OHAB that God was trying to tell me it's my time to start. But I just kept saying, oh, I'm so dry, I'm so dry. And then, God, what is God saying? And cricket, nothing. What did that make me do? I went on a journey to search God. I started fasting. I'm like, God, I'm going to find you wherever you are. Don't you hate when God plays hide and seek, when he, you don't want him to play hiding, go seek? Like, I'm hiding. I'm like, I don't want you to hide now. I want you to be revealed, though. I'm hiding. Come, uh, you know, one, two, three. Ready or not, here I come, right? So it's number two, the reason he's silent is because he's trying to take the strings attached of what you expect from him. Can I hear an amen? That's the first thing that the Syrophoenician woman had to face. Listen, everybody say the silence of God. Come on, say it with me. Say the silence of God. You think that's that's bad the, enough, right? The second thing this Syrophoenician face that made it seem like God is not making sense is rejection from the church. Rejection from the disciples. Every time you see the disciples, I want you to think of the church of the living God. Why? Because the church was birthed through and with the disciples in the upper room in a prayer meeting. The church was birthed not through a building, through people. We are the church. This woman, guys, watch this. It wasn't making sense because God Almighty was being silent to her. And number two, the people that were supposed to be a witness to a sinner was not being a witness. And it was more of an inconvenience to them. And and watch this. She experienced the rejection of the church. Let me pause and and bring a word of healing to some of you. Some of you in the position you're at because you've been rejected by the church. You've been rejected by those people who were supposed to love you. You were were rejected. uh, Have you ever been rejected by people that were supposed to show the love of God to you? God's very own people are the ones that sometimes cause the most pain. And I want you to look at this screen. Look at this. Look at this. This is powerful. Look at this next, next slide. I want you to take a picture of it. One of the greatest pains that, you will ever, that will ever come to your life will be from the people that are supposed to love you the most. Preach, Pastor George. Come on. Say Amen. One of the greatest pains that will ever come to your life will be from the people that are supposed to love you the most. I heard this phrase the other day that the Lord gave me a couple years ago. and I'm going to say it again. Only love grieves. Listen to what I'm about to say. Only love grieves. Why do you grieve? Because that reveals that you Love. If someone comes to me and says, Pastor George, there was this guy that kind of hangs around here at RCC every now and then outside of the street, don't even know his name. Now, I'm just giving an example. Let's say if someone says to me, hey, that guy, that guy that you saw every now and then uh, uh, walking the streets and around here, uh, he just went to jail. You know what my response is? I'd be like, oh, man. (sighs) Man, we we really got to pray. The level of sting it's not going to be that much. Why? Because I really don't know or love that person. But if you say, one of my sons is gone to jail, that will be a sword in my soul. Why? Because only love grieves. The fact that you're grieving is because you love something or someone. Why do I say that? Because the church of Jesus Christ is supposed to be a light, supposed to be salt of the earth, supposed to be a healing bomb. And we have been sometimes the most uh, harmful ingredient to people that need healing. Can I hear an amen? One of the greatest, in other words, one of the greatest pains that you'll ever get in your life with the people that you're supposed to love you. If someone comes up here and they're drunk and they said, Pastor George is a hypocrite and he is a blasphemer, right? I'm gonna be like, uh, uh, security, could you take, you know, whatever. I'm not really going to be hurt by that. But if someone that's very close to me says something that injures me, I'm going to hurt. Why? Because it's coming from someone that I love. The church, the disciples, were representing the church, and they also rejected the Syrophoenician woman. Guys, let me pause and say, stop being self-righteous about your own life or about your own spirituality, and start opening your eyes that there's real needs to the people that are sitting right next to you. There's people that are hurting. Let's be the church. Let's be the healing. Let's not roll our eyes when someone is hurting. Thank you for that too, amen. And the third thing real quick is she was a sinner and she was was a foreigner of Israel. I'm going to try to be this real quick. That was the, the next obstacle that this woman had. She was a sinner, foreigner of Israel. And the reason why I, I, I put that as an obstacle, it feels like it doesn't make sense, is because Jesus came for the sinner. So you would think, okay, if anything, this person is a sinner. She's crying out to me. My people, my disciples, should know that they need to pay attention to her. right? I always tell my leaders, if you see a visitor, make sure you love on them. And, and Jesus is a much better leader than me. So I'm sure Jesus would say to the disciples, look, this is why I came. Remember, we need to see, show the love of God to these people here comes this foreigner, sinner, cries out to God. God doesn't say a word. The disciples say, take her away. And number three, she's a sinner. She's supposed to get this, this, this loving treatment from God and God's people. Listen, 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 listen. And Jesus said, referred to her as a dog, I believe, because she came from the region of, of Tyre and Sidon, And that is the same region that Jezebel came from and the dogs ate her blood so it was they they were they were considered the very enemies of god like tyrant saddam and all those those that, that region were severe enemies of god so what jesus was most likely talking about was a people group that were used to being the enemies of god and refer them as dogs as the prophetic as a prophetic analogy that the dogs in that region pronounced judgment on jezebel do you see that right So he's saying, look, I I can't take what belongs to the children of Israel and throw it to a people group that wants nothing to do for years with God. You hear me? Okay, now watch this. Now Here's where I'm closing. What? Oh, God, help me. Help me to literally this next one. What was the Syrophoenician woman, the woman of Canaan's response? Everybody say response. Everybody say response. One more time, response. What was her response to the silence of God? Say silence of God. What was her response to the rejection of the church? Say rejection of the church. What was her response for her not getting stuff as, that she needed as a sinner? Here is her response. Here is her response. There are some vital things that the Syrophoenician woman did to honor the Lord even when God did not make sense to her. Are you ready? She worshiped God when things got worse in the natural. My God. My God, listen, listen. Her response was not, I am leaving this church, Pastor Jesus. I am no longer coming to here, and you are a false prophet. She said, you know what? You can keep on throwing. I know that you're the Messiah, and I don't understand the reason of silence. I'm going to worship you in my dark times. I don't understand why you're not talking to me. I don't understand why the church is rejecting me, but I'm going to worship you anyways. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to choose to do something that is going to get me close to you. I'm going to shut my negative mouth and I'm going to worship God when I don't understand what's going on in my life. It's easy to worship God when things are going right. It's easy to worship God when you just looked at your check account and someone gave you a cash-up of $1,000. Oh, praise God. Hallelujah. I I am the blessed of the Lord. This is a sign. Thank you, Jesus. You're a good God. When you have nothing, Can you still worship Jesus? Can tears still come down your eyes? Can can you still say, though he slay me, I will yet praise him? When, when he seemingly stripped everything from you, do you get mad at him or do you praise God? Listen, guys, this was not even a woman that was accustomed to the things of God. She was a foreigner and she had more faith than most Christians today. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. She did not complain in the silent season. She did not gripe. She worshipped God. Oh, my Lord. She, she worshipped the Lord. When you begin to worship God, when there's a silent season, it opens up the heavens for your life. And here's a little secret. Here's a little secret. It softens every heart. God made music. And made worship for, for a lot of reasons. But I believe one of the main reasons is for this supernatural, mysterious uh, ingredient to open up your heart like a flower. So that the presence and the goodness and the peace of God could come. Nothing softened my heart more than a good worship song. Isn't that true, Lewis? You could be like this, you know, like whatever. Hallelujah. You know, God. And all of a sudden, and that's what happened to me. That's what happened to me in the mountains. You know, I'm, I'm going in the mountains, I'm in pain, I'm with my friend Stephen Goloza, and he puts this, I said this before, it's so important, you know. We started just worshiping, and I wasn't feeling it. How many, how many just not feeling it sometimes? Just be honest, you don't feel it. Or you do the motions. Amen. Like you're eating and you're speaking in tongues, right? You're like on the couch eating chips. You're not really engaging, right? And so he played on his laptop this Fred Hammond song, My God is My Refuge and Strength. I wish I could play it for you. My you know, He sang this. Now watch this. Here's the, here's the beautiful mystery. This is why the prayer movement is so important. Not only was he singing and worship entered the room, but Fred Hammond in that old CD was singing scripture. That's a double whammy. That, that's a double whammy, because if you want your heart to be, a, to be on fire, you need to get the word in you, because his word is a fire. Did not our hearts burn when he was talking to us? How, listen, how much more when you get the word through singing, which is a, is a double whammy. So by the, no lie, by the 10th or 12th time, I'm just kind of like doing my thing, and in the background I hear, our God is my refuge and my strength. A very present help in times of trouble, and he kept singing that just like that. And guys, all of a sudden, I'm, 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 I'm subliminally worshiping. I'm just gonna have to be honest. I wasn't even purposely worshiping. I was subliminally worshiping, and the presence of God. I haven't felt this in a long time. Came and I began to weep like a baby. It's that ugly cry. You know that ugly cry, right? Like. You're like <laughs> And, and Stephen Galozo was like, are you okay? Uh, literally, I'm just crying. Ah, and the whole time, our God is my refuge. Oh, I need to get this song. No lie, no lie. I'm crying, and he's like, here's a song. And I downloaded it, and I went outside, and I stared on the mountains, and I began to worship God for two hours. It felt like ten minutes. Tears coming down, but I felt renewed. Why? Because... I didn't even realize it on purpose. Worship changes the atmosphere. What was her response when she got silence from God, rejection from the church? Worship. Some of you, I'm going to release a prophetic word. Stop waiting for things to change and start worshiping God. That's a word for some of you. Stop, stop. I'm not saying stop praying, but stop wishing for things to change and just worship God anyways. Worship God anyways. It was this old story that I did in the youth group. It's uh, just coming to me now. Old story that I used to say in the youth group. There was this one lady that she was like, she had a, a faithful, she was a faithful woman. And she began to worship the Lord. And there was an atheist sitting uh, right next to her. Uh, sorry, living right next to her. And, and this atheist was tired of her always praising God. And when she remember that story? She was praising God. It just came to me now. And she was praising God. I read it in a book one time. And she's always loud and praising God. Bless God for those loud worshipers. Come on, say amen. And then I like, glory, Thank you. <laughs> thank you jesus you know she's like she's like worshiping God and her, the atheist the atheist uh, next door was like you know i'm just tired of it, and she barely had any money, but she was always praising God Bare, barely had any groceries so this one time she didn't have groceries for for three weeks, and she was just still praising God, but this person knew that she didn't have groceries, so he felt bad for her went and grabbed some groceries and put it on her on her front door and hid behind like the bush next door she grabbed the <laughs> this atheist paid paid for it right grabbed the grabbed. To groceries and came to her house and she, oh Lord, it is you that did it. It's you. You're a good God. And if, you know, after a while, the atheist goes, no, 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 no. Listen, lady, the, I just did this to prove that there's no God. that the God didn't do this. I did it. I'm the one who did this for you. Oh, worship God. I thank you, Lord God. Even louder, he got, got really got uh, frustrated. Go, ma'am, it wasn't God. It was me. She goes, oh God, thank you, and you made the devil pay for it. <laughs> so thank you for providing and you made the devil pay for it right when you i want the worship team to come up here when you worship god that's your alabaster moment that's that breaking moment where listen listen that person that broke that spike spikenard in, in Jesus' in, in Jesus's feet, that was costly worship. It was over a year's wages, and she broke it. And everyone's saying, why are you wasting this? She goes, I only have one shot with this man right here, right now, before he leaves. And the first thing she did was not try to get a blessing. She wasn't saying, hey, could you lay hands on me? I need a miracle. I recognize that he's about to die, and I'm going to pour this oil on him. And I'm going to worship him with my oil, with my hair, wiping her feet of Jesus. Let me tell you, this Syrophoenician woman, in order for her to get her breakthrough in her silent season, she what? She worshiped. If I say worship, the worship team to come up here, please. The second thing she did, and I'm closing, the second thing that this, this Syrophoenician woman did when when it seemed like God wasn't making sense. Hear me, don't lose me. And God was silent, and the church was rejecting her. The first thing she did was worship. The second thing she did was she never gave up. Look at that. She was persistent and never gave up despite all the obstacles that were presented to her. So not only did she did she worship, she refused to give up. Why? Because even after he, she heard nothing from the Lord and heard all these things happening to her from the church. She said, Lord, help me. This is after. You know what? Sometimes we need to have a nevertheless, never giving up attitude when it comes to our approach with God. Some of you, you've given God just a couple of times to prove himself, and then you're out. Guys, I'm going to be very transparent with you. If that, if I were the Syrophoenician woman and I did all the things right that I was supposed to do, come crying to God for my son, come crying to God for my family, and Jesus looked at me and didn't say a word, and then his own disciples rejected me, I'll probably say, this is just not right. I'm not going to pursue this man. But this woman who had no covenant with God, she worshiped God. Come on, say she worshiped God. Number two, she never gave up. She was persistent all the time. Listen, let, me, let me ask you, let me ask you something prophetic. How desperate are you to get an answer this morning? How desperate are you to get a breakthrough in your family? Woo! How desperate. You know why? Here's my little theory. It wasn't because she learned three steps onto being persistent. It's not like she had a tape or a CD back then and say, three steps to never give up number one stand number two worship no you know why I'm gonna give you a secret I'm gonna give you a secret because her prayer was not answered yet and she was desperate for her daughter it wasn't the special magic power it wasn't even her faith in, in, in God so to speak she did have faith for sure But it wasn't her longevity of just having faith in God. She's like, I'm not going to stop coming until I get my breakthrough. It's like Jacob, I'm not going to leave you until you bless me. And he stayed. Listen, you know why she was able to not give up? It's because her daughter was still demon possessed. How desperate are you this morning? How desperate are you to see a breakthrough? How desperate? Are you just casually desperate? Are you really desperate? If you're really desperate, you will do everything, even if it causes embarrassment to you, even if it causes you to lose your reputation a little bit of a strong person in the Lord, and come and say, I don't care about what people think about him anymore. I am desperate. If you're desperate today for a financial breakthrough, if you're desperate today for something to happen in your family specifically, if you're desperate for a breakthrough in your personal life, That is what fuels persistence and never giving up. Listen, if I didn't have my family or if I didn't have this to to, to believe for, it'll be easy to give up. And I'm going to be very transparent with you. I've I've talked a lot about this. I know there's consequences. Listen to what I'm going to say, right? What I'm about to say is for you not to feel sorry for me. But let's just listen to what I'm going to say. Do you know that I count the cost in every single way? If, If I were to give up, if I were to give up, Not that you look to me, not that you look to man. I'm not that important. But because I'm your pastor, if I would suddenly walk out without giving you uh, any notice, just suddenly leave, this is too hard, don't show up next morning. None of you know where I'm at. You try calling me, nothing happens. I just quit. How much hurt would that bring to the body of Christ? Do you realize that me not giving up is also for you not to be hurt? Do you, do you see that? Do you see that? Sometimes whew, I feel this. You not giving up is so someone else can get saved. Sometimes you not giving up and when, even when you don't feel like when you feel like throwing in the towel because you know there's another person that's far worse than you. And you're holding on for your son, for your wife, for your husband. And no you may you may not be getting a lot of the presence of God. But you're coming because you're tired of seeing the one that you love in that state. Come on somebody. Come on, somebody. Come on somebody. And that's the fuel of persistence. When you are desperate to see something change in your life or somebody else's life, you won't give up. Oh, man, I feel the Holy Ghost. And number three, she continued to have faith in Jesus to believe that even the little crumbs from God was enough to heal her daughter she wasn't asking for this big miracle she was asking and settling for the crumbs it's not right for me to give to the children dogs food, the the food that was meant to children to the dogs, that right there would have been the final straw Jesus called me a dog, that is it I don't want to get into all the details because we're a church. She, he called a female a dog. Think about that in our language. That was like a curse word to some of you. What? Jesus just called me that? I'm totally wrong about Jesus. He's not who he says he is. Watch. True. True. I'm a dog, but even the dogs catch the crumbs that fall from the master's table. In other words, I don't need the whole loaf, Jesus. Just give me your crumbs. And just with the hem of your garment, just with the crumbs of, your, of what's happening in your hand, just from the little teeny bit that you have left over for me, it's enough for my demon-possessed daughter to get completely healed and delivered and free. All I'm asking is for a little crumb, Jesus. All I'm asking is just for a little bit, Jesus. I'm not asking for a lot. I'm asking for the Crumbs and Jesus says, Great is your faith. Do according to what you feel. Today I'm here to tell you, you don't have to have the waterfall of God to get a breakthrough. Just keep pressing in and catch the crumbs. If you listen, just catch the hem. That woman that had an issue of blood. Think about this, ladies, issue of blood nonstop for 12 years. If I could touch the corner, the corner, the corner of his garment, that's all I need and he she touched the little corner just reaching out barely touching and the blood stopped that whole condition stopped and she stopped having that period for 12 years because she just touched the little part of Jesus how much more are sons and daughters of God are worthy to come to the Lord and worship when he's not making sense and when he's silent in your life come on and when the church has rejected you don't stop keep worshipping God come on Keep being desperate, and God is going to do a miracle. Come on, lift up your hands. Hallelujah. Come on, lift up your hands to the Lord. Stand up on your feet. Stand up on your feet. I want people to begin to worship in your desperate situation. I want you to begin to worship right now. Thank you for tuning in. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.